0: My condition is the reason i must change good afternoon good afternoon and welcome to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a time one day at a time One Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. So today is December 6th, 2022, and what a great day it is everywhere in the world. I decided today to give my own quote, and it really doesn't have anything specifically to do with cryptocurrency, Uh, but I guess at its core, it kind of does. And basically, I am saying or have said, nothing in our community is more expensive than a missed opportunity and uh, as we look at all the things that are going on the wealth transfer and all the different aspects of financial literacy and some of the things that we have not been paying close attention to and even if we were paying attention to it in the past we honestly didn't have a level playing field to be able to benefit as much as other communities. And so we have the opportunity right now to do something incredible. And I'm just so super excited about it. I'm always excited about it. Anytime someone is asking me to talk to our community to our share how I feel uh, cryptocurrency is going to benefit our community. Community. I'm always up for talking. I'm always up for the challenge and I'm watching and listening and talking and just trying to make sure that at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, we have diversified our portfolio the portfolio has got to be diversified. No matter what you're doing, if it's real estate, if it's again 401ks, it's insurance, annuities, stocks, bonds, it needs to have all those things and you need to add or be adding Bitcoin specifically to your portfolio. However, because cryptocurrency falls under um I call it its own asset class, and then Bitcoin falls under that along with the other 20,000 some art coins that are out there. Uh, we need to be adding cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, to our portfolio. And we can do that on a very small scale. In fact, I was listening to another financial advisor a little earlier today that is dealing with the African American experience, and he was saying that. That he was talking to his listeners about $5 a day. Just putting away $5 a day in any type of a plan for a child or for themselves or whatever. And so as we look at $35 a day, he was doing $5. And I had no idea he was doing $5 with his listeners, but he is. And... um, I just thought it was quite interesting that, you know, he would be talking about putting $5 into a bank account that does not change at all like it doesn't give you any interest it does not change in value even if it's sometimes not the right direction that it changes in because we know Bitcoin is volatile but we also know what the potential is on the upside as well and so anyway he was talking about being consistent he never used the word dollar cost average but I know that's what he wanted to tell his community and I don't have to speak for him because he's well-versed on the financial literacy aspect, specifically uh, relating to the African-American experience. And so, um, but I was just really listening to him and he got into cryptocurrency today and boy, could I just put a smile on my face because I know as much as I talk about Coinbase that This gentleman has to know that Coinbase is one of the most problematic uh, exchanges out there. I guess it wouldn't be the most problematic because FTX is definitely problematic. But one of the exchanges that has not done right by our community, by no means have they done right by our community. And so I had to just do a little shout out in this chat to let them know, you know, please don't talk about said company because uh, they don't do right by our community. And so why are you sharing with your community that they need to be investing and buying the stock, giving themselves exposure to Bitcoin and not Bitcoin itself, if you're going to get exposed to it, you might as well have it. And that's just like anything else that you deal with. If you're going to be exposed to something, you need to hold the actual asset and not just get exposure. So anyway, listening to him, he did a fabulous job talking about the fact that he's buying um, when everyone else is bullish, he's bearish. And when everybody else is bearish, he's bullish. So he buys in the dips and he does a whole lot of other things in the space that makes sense. And, and, Basically, he talked about the philosophy of our community. And when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into this digital dollar because this digital dollar has all to do with what the brother was talking about, about our mindset and how it's hard for us to adapt to change. But we've got to do something and we've got to start thinking differently quick. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll jump into the market report and we'll get into talking about the digital dollar. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, moment. more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So before we get into this cryptocurrency conversation, let me just give everyone a warning and a disclaimer, because again, I'm not a financial advisor providing any financial advice, but I am saying because the cryptocurrency market has experienced a, I'm gonna say, a pretty substantial earthquake there are going to be companies that are going to pop their heads up because they know people are looking for something, some way to get back in to maybe some money that they lost. But uh, they're going to be companies that manufacture news, companies that manufacture success, companies that manufacture... Uh, accolades for their projects and why is that because they want to turn their bearish coin into a bullish coin and we've got to be very very careful it is at these times where they say hey well they don't physically say hey you lost over here come over here because we're winning and it's gonna go up a certain amount of percentage Um, But I'm going to tell you everything that you see right now that has an article that's telling you that something great is happening with the company and they're expecting a 10 to 30 percent price increase, buyer beware, because this is how this cycle works. They wait until something catastrophic happens, and then they're able to offer people a better way out. And so you want to be very careful with that. I know a lot of you have not experienced this before. This has definitely happened before. In fact, this is probably about the fourth time that I can name I've been involved in this crypto space during something this big. You know, this FTX thing is really big business business. Um, and there are a lot of people to the tune of millions of people that have been disrupted because of this. And so as I was listening to A little bit earlier to the gentleman that I was telling you about, I actually put in the chat live to the public that I was going to use his analogy because he used a great analogy. Well, I actually told him I was going to steal his analogy, but it's not stealing when you tell people or you give people credit for what they've done. So I was listening to Dr. Boyce Watkins this morning. He was talking about the FTX contagion and he used the analogy of Magic Johnson and what he basically said was when Magic Johnson announced that he got AIDS or had AIDS it wasn't just of course his spouse that was at in jeopardy it was all the other people that he had possibly or I shouldn't say possibly that he had slept with and then those individuals possibly infected the people that they slept with and then That infected the people that they slept with. So ultimately, because there were so many people in this whole circle that that knew each other or didn't know each other, um, there were hundreds of people that ultimately could have been exposed or given the AIDS virus. And what he said was you didn't hear any of those people popping up on TV saying, hey, I got AIDS or I may have AIDS Or I may have been exposed because that's just not something that they do. And so when you take a look at the FTX debacle, he definitely has a problem and all of those people that were in and around him or exposed to what he was doing are not gonna pop their heads up and say, hey, I've got this problem going on. That problem actually shows up by way of bankruptcy. And so as companies companies begin to file bankruptcy they're going to attribute it to being infected uh, contagious from the contagious FTX and there's going to be hundreds if not thousands of casualties to this different uh, to this thing um, that FTX had done and so I thought it was just a great analogy to use an actual disease um, to really explain and help people understand why it's contagious why some people caught it and some people didn't and I know that they're catching it big time if they got involved with FTX and uh, gave up money for uh, just to really turn and re- get a return on their investment. And so um, as we get into what we're going to talk about today with this digital dollar, I think that more legislators are going to push towards this digital dollar because in their opinion, Are in their minds, this is going to be a way to solve and control what is going on in the cryptocurrency space. Even though 99.9% of these coins are not centralized, I mean are centralized, they are definitely centralized. I don't even know how I'll let that happen or come out, but they are definitely centralized. And so uh, this digital dollar, which we're going to be discussing in a little while, is some of their answers. And so we're gonna just quickly look at and get the market report because Bitcoin just hit seventeen thousand dollars and fifty cent it is up ladies and gentlemen one a point twelve percent so it's not actually one point it's, it's actually point one two percent it's up in the last 20 for hours 0.20% and in the last seven days is up 3.1% and again at $17,080 and uh, at 17,080 cents. And so uh, Bitcoin is doing its thing. I just pray it continues to trade sideways. I'm trying to get us as close, as close, as close to the Bitcoin halving as possible. And we know that happens in 2024, but I'm trying to stretch it for us a little bit longer because once that having happens, we are going to see a couple of months of absolute crickets and then this thing is going to go on a bull run like never before in my opinion and so I'm just trying to get us there just easing us down this brick road as we uh, continue to stack our satoshis and so that's where we are with Bitcoin. Ethereum is $1,253 as we speak and it is literally up 0.28 percent it's down in the last 24 hours 0.31 percent and it's up in the last seven days 2.6 percent and most of the other cryptocurrencies as we know are kind of following suit I'm looking at greens across the board and some of them are not doing so well And again, this is why you're going to start to hear news about fabulous developments, partnerships, reasons for you to stay invested in some of these other cryptocurrencies and reason for you to get invested because they're doing big things with cities and municipalities and just all this stuff that they come up I'm come up with I kind of sometimes want to call them the fake news because they do these things knowing people are looking for an opportunity and so just be vigilant do your due diligence and just really wait and see how things turn out this this is an incredible time. An incredible time to be alive, an incredible time to be involved in some sort of investment opportunities. And so just excited about that. So before we get into this digital dollar, I'm always talking to our community about paying attention to some of the things that are happening. Because it's really important to know some of the trends, some of the things that are coming out. And I know that next week we're going to be listening to the feds as they talk about the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. It comes out every every few months. And we're going to be here listening for it, hopefully. Um, you will be able to get information about it. And then if you need to ask any further questions on any of it, you can definitely just call in to the station and we will get you on live and we will answer those questions but anything you have you can also if you're too shy or if you're at work or you don't have the ability to get on live you can always send me information or questions to ask Nigel Roberts at gmail.com again ask Nigel Roberts at gmail.com but what I'm going to talk to you about right now is actually Um, A report that just came out on consumption and inflation's got nothing on Black Friday. Now, I was talking to our community and hopefully they took heed, but it doesn't look like many Americans were worried about inflation Or a recession or anything else. Because despite the soaring inflation and fears of this looming recession. This year's Black Friday e-commerce spending was extremely strong. And let me say that word again. Extremely ladies and gentlemen. It was extremely strong. In fact from the research I did. I realized that Americans spent. 2.3% two point three percent more than they did last year, reaching a whopping nine point one billion with the B spent online shopping. That's incredible. The number actually reflects a new record high and um, retailers offer some of the biggest discounts on electronics why did they do that because they needed to get rid of that stuff and they need people to shop and consumers they clearly responded so electronic purchases jumped about two hundred and twenty one percent that day and that's on black friday And cell phones actually accounted for a record 48% of Black Friday online purchases. And I got this data from Adobe. For those of you that are wondering where I got the data, Adobe is where I got it. Um, That being said, all these statistics needs to be taken with a grain of salt since inflation is currently around 8%, which has certainly increased total spending numbers. So we're gonna just go from there. But there was something else. And this again has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. But when I see stuff like this, I want to make sure that our community understands. So you can pass it on to your children. You could pass it on to your grandchildren if you are so lucky to have grandchildren. But basically, employment Is changing and you might not need that flashy college education and why is that because in this tight labor market employers have started to eliminate the long-standing college degree requirements for some of these uh, companies to become competitive and pay higher jobs companies such as Google Delta Airlines have already lowered their education required (coughs) excuse me there they've already lowered their educational requirements and um several of them have opened up some positions and actually shifted their hiring to be geared more towards skill and experience now that's different from anything that we've ever seen and since we're already talking about money in this midday money chain i just thought you all need to know for your uh just something to put in your toolbox to understand how things are changing and so when we're talking about getting these college degrees and going into debt and all of those things it's absolutely imperative for some folks but just know that things are starting to shift things are starting to change. And we're gonna see a little bit more of this and I just wanted to bring it to your attention because this is important. It's important to our community to really understand how the market is changing, how requirements are changing, how jobs are changing. And so this trend seems to be also gaining traction on the legislative level as we've seen because some kindergartners uh, made it to be president. But (laughs) anyway, I won't get into that I'm sorry y'all I got off real big time but um there's a surge in hiring this year because a lot of the companies are cutting off the college degree requirements and that goes for state jobs the state of Maryland cut all the way back that you did not need to be a college graduate And they've seen a lot of great talent come through. And some of these governors like Pennsylvania and and some of the other ones are just saying, hey, we got to make some changes to get people in place to be able to take over these great paying jobs. And so um, they're going to also address the organizational attempts to address racial disparities in the workplace and that's going to come with cutting off the quiet the college requirements ladies and gentlemen when we come forward after news traffic and sports we're going to jump into the cryptocurrency conversation this is kbla talk 1580 we don't try to be all things to all people we just remain true to who we are you're listening to kbla talk 1580 SBS per broadcast, fewer microaggressions per megawatt, KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So, as promised, we are going to talk about the digital dollar. And so, what I decided to do was pull up something that was actually talking about the United States dollar and the age of this digital transformation. And so, Basically, for a nation's economy to actually function effectively, its citizens must have confidence in the money and the payment services. The Federal Reserve, as the nation's central bank, works to maintain the public's confidence by fostering monetary stability, financial stability, and safe and efficient payment systems. So I'm gonna just put a pin in it really quick, which is why there is always a a go through. You have to go through the Federal Reserve and you have to go through uh, several other individuals or entities in order to make any types of changes, which would, which is what makes Bitcoin so incredible. Because nobody went through the Federal Reserve Bank to make sure that this was permissible, that this technology was accepted or anything like that. And so, uh, but their job is to foster all of these things that I just named. So their first step in this public discussion about digital money went and came between the federal reserve and the stakeholders about the central bank digital currencies and so you all will get really familiar with CBDCs central bank digital currencies but for the purpose of this discussion today a CBDC a central bank digital currency is defined as a digital liability of a central bank that is widely available to the general public in this respect it is a digital form of paper money nothing else ladies and gentlemen a digital form of paper money the paper has been designed to foster a broad and transparent public dialogue about uh... cbdc's in general and so um, it's about the potential benefits and risks of the United States using a CBDC. And so any none of what I am about to talk about is intended to advance any specific policy outcome, nor is it intended to signal that the Federal Reserve will make any imminent decisions about the appropriateness of issuing a United States CBDC. This is all us talking about what the pilot programs look like and what they've been doing over the last year to see about implementing them. So what's the background? Payment technologies offered by the Federal Reserve have evolved over time. In the Federal Reserve's early years, which we talked about in a couple of the, uh, the the shows before, we talked about the establishment of the Federal Reserve back in 1913, who actually owns them. For those of you that missed that, please listen to some of the past shows, and you'll hear about the bankers that came together in 1913. Uh, since we're just kind of touching on it right now, go and Google uh, the book, or you can listen to the video that talks about the creatures of Jekyll Island, J E Y K E L L, the creatures of Jekyll Island, and that'll help you understand who put together the Federal Reserves, But in the early years, it um, it established a national check clearing system, and they used dedicated telegraphic wires to transfer funds between banks and that's what's happening right now in the 1970s the federal reserve developed an automated clearing house which is what ACH stands for many of you don't even know what or didn't know what ACH stands for it stands for automated clearing house and that's the system that offered an electronic alternative to paper checks. So that's your wires and things of that sort. And in 2019, I need you to hear me because a lot of people think that the government's not been doing anything about getting into the digital space. They absolutely have. And it started right before COVID came along. And it's just mighty funny that they've been doing all these things in the background. And while we were sitting at home, nobody was educating us on what was taking place and how they were planning to make digital changes to things. But nevertheless, we're getting the information right now. And so in 2019, the Federal Reserve committed to building the Fed now program and I've talked about the fed now program it's actually a service you can again listen to some past shows or you can go google for yourself and that's fed now f-e-d-n-o-w and that's a service which will provide real time around the clock interbank payments every single day of the year Now, why are they doing that? They have got to get competitive. Right now, today, if you go at 3 o'clock on Friday to try to wire some money over to your favorite uh, place that you want to buy furniture, I don't know, whatever you want to do, that money will not show up until Monday, possibly Tuesday, depending on if they say that there is a lot of traffic on the Federal Reserve. I mean, we've seen so many crazy things happen this year. You all would be surprised. Um, but this FedNow program or service is really designed for payments to go through all day every day there's no cutoff time there's no shutdown time and they have got to get competitive because that's what cryptocurrency brings to the space They bring our cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and every other coin that's out there that people are using or trading for goods and services. It does not matter that it's midnight on a Saturday or midnight on a Sunday, because that would be a Sunday morning. It doesn't matter. We can do a transaction from peer to peer. And so the feds understood that they need to get something that was competitive with that. And so they started this Fed now. Service and so we'll see how that goes. But recent technology advances have ushered in a wave of private sector financial products and services, including digital wallets, mobile payment apps, and new digital assets such as cryptocurrencies and stable coins. And so we've been talking about these cryptocurrencies and stable coins, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, fall under a cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency, in my opinion, is an asset class and a stable coin falls under that because it's a type of cryptocurrency. But, um... These technology advances have also led central banks around the globe, it's not just the United States, but around the globe, to explore the potential benefits and the risks of issuing a central bank digital currency. So again, all over the world, different governments will have their own CBDCs. The Federal Reserve policy and staff Um, began studying closely for the last several years to figure out what they need to do. And they want to get guided by the understanding of what should happen with this CBDC, among other things. And so what they're supposed to be doing is putting together a coin, a digital currency, that can provide benefits to households, businesses, and overall the economy that exceed any cost and risks so they don't want any volatility at all yield as much benefits more effectively than the alternative methods and i think that when they say the alternative methods they're talking about bitcoin Complement rather than replace current forms of money and methods of providing financial services again They're talking about Bitcoin because we seek to see Bitcoin replace rather than complement because it needs to be changed. But again, the central bank digital currency allows them to stay in control of the money. He who holds the money, holds the power and the control. And then protect consumer privacy. I kind of smile at that, but we'll keep going. They're supposed to protect against criminal activity and have broad support from key stakeholders. So I don't know who those stakeholders are going to be. But ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will get into some of the meat and potatoes about what we found thus far as it relates to key topics. And public outreach, which I don't think they've done much of at all, but they say they have. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA, KBLA Talk 1580. Talk all right. Welcome forward. I'm smiling as always because we're supposed to be talking about cryptocurrency. and But I've always got to teach, you know, I'm an educator. And so there are some existing forms of money that you need to understand. And then you'll understand how and why we have got are getting to the fact that they need a central bank digital currency. So money serves as a mean of payment and a store of value, a unit of account. And in the United States, money takes multiple forms, whether you know it or not. Central bank money is a liability of the central bank. In the United States, central bank's money actually comes in the form of physical currency issued by the Federal Reserve and digital balances held by commercial banks at federal at the Federal Reserve level. So then you have commercial bank money, and that is digital a digital form of money. Now, I need you all to listen to me because we are already in the digital space, whether you know it or not. But it's just still controlled by the same folks. So, commercial bank money is the digital form of money that is most commonly used by the public. Commercial bank money is held in accounts at a commercial bank. And then you have non-bank money. This is digital money held as balances at a non-bank bank financial service provider these firms typically conduct balance transfers on their own books using a range of technologies including mobile apps so you all know paypal venmo all those those are non-bank money uh but they're tied to the bank in some point but for the most part they are uh non-bank financial service providers that's what they're deemed And so the different types of money carry different amounts of credit and liquidity risks. So there's always liquidity risks. And even if we're looking at money that we've put in the bank and we know it's there, what are they doing with that? What are they doing with our money? What are, who are they loaning it to? Are they loaning it? for risky type things all of those things come into play. And so commercial bank money has very little credit or liquidity risks due to the federal deposit insurance that I have yet to to be able to experience. I'm telling y'all I'm working on some stuff. I'm going to share if that really really works cuz there's nobody around you that you can ask if they have filed a document with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. But your girl is going to do that. Exactly. So the supervision and regulation of the commercial banks and commercial bank access to central bank liquidity. Non-bank money lacks a full range of protections of commercial bank money and therefore generally carries more credit and liquidity risks. Central bank money, Carries neither credit nor liquidity risks and is therefore considered the safest form of money. Wow. So um, next up will be this digital currency, this digital dollar. And all they're going to do is take what they've been doing with the central bank money, the commercial bank money, the non-bank money, and try to put it all together, and just have one clearinghouse that is going to go through, and they're going to make it look like the blockchain, and they're going to be able to issue this digital dollar. And so since we're doing this in three parts, it looks like we're going to do it in three parts for the sake of time. We're going to talk about tomorrow, the actual payment system, and the recent improvements to the payment system, And what this dollar, this digital dollar looks like in its debut with the FedNow service, which is scheduled for 2023. Now, this is right around the corner. We're not talking about. Uh, The Jetsons in light years, ladies and gentlemen, they are looking at launching these things in 2023. And so I am really on my anticipatory tiptoes to see how this works out, because these are still centralized entities that don't have our best interests at hand. And so we'll see exactly how this goes. But I'm going to tomorrow I'm going to talk about the payment systems And I'm going to talk about some of the improvements to that. And then the remaining challenges of the payment system that they're putting together, which is going to circle back and share with you why, again, Bitcoin is the best opportunity in the digital space. And in order to hold these digital assets or a digital asset such as cryptocurrency, I'm going to talk to you and share with you why it's so important to actually know what's going on and really be able to make your own decision. Because if you have a choice, utilize those choices. And so when we come forward, we will get into our daily dollar cost average and we will have a part three to the digital dollar because this is really good stuff and we really need to know about it so that we, if we know better, we do better. This is KBLA top 1580. Your link to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts, exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. All right, welcome forward. All right, so we are going to do our daily dollar cost average on the Black Wall Street wallet. So if you can take out your cell phone, if you haven't already done so, Please please download your Black Wall Street Wallet. We are building an economy that cannot be torn down or burned or bombed. And so we're doing that on the Black Wall Street Wallet. It's in your App Store or your Android Play Store. And you're going to click on the purple circle in the middle. And you are going to click Continue. And we're going to buy an asset. That asset is Bitcoin. And that is what I'm going to buy. I'm not providing any financial advice. Uh, But we're going to buy some Bitcoin today. $6 to be exact. And we're buying $6 worth of Satoshis. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin. Like the smallest increment of a dollar is a penny. And so we are purchasing $6 worth of Satoshis. One time I'm putting it in my designated KBLA talk. 1580 wallet and i am continuing to dollar cost average every single day and from here we just hit continue and voila i have purchased bitcoin um six dollars worth of bitcoin and ladies and gentlemen i got less satoshis today than i did yesterday because the price of bitcoin is a little bit higher and a dca a day keeps poverty away. so let's keep doing our dollar cost average. And I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me today on the head of the crypto curve. We are making way for the DL Hughley show. This is the unapologetically progressive KBLA talk 1580 KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.